We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Kimber Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Smarter Parenting Podcast. I'm Kimber, and today we're going to be talking about strength-based approaches. So the reason that we're talking about strength-based approaches today is because I was talking with the Rodriguez family about a week ago. We were discussing things that they should consider in meeting therapists for their son. Their son has ADHD, and they're trying to find a good match, a good fit for their son, for their family, and for some of the needs that they're wanting to um, address in therapy. And so as we talked about that, one of the things that we discussed was, what does strength-based approach really mean? Now, in the clinical world, strength-based has become a very popular term. It's something that a lot of us really want to emphasize that we work with. And the idea is that we're starting from a place of positivity. It's corely rooted in a positive psychotherapy approach. And there's more longer lasting change that comes from a positive or strength-based approach rather than more of a shame-built or um, kind of a negative stop doing that approach. People want to naturally avoid being punished or being shamed or being humiliated. Um, And so that fear and that need for avoidance can create some change. However, it's not very long lasting and it's also not very uh, mentally healthy. It it does not create a mindset um, of a productive person. And so when we can avoid those more punitive approaches and we focus more on a strength-based approach, building it from the positives, understanding, coming from a place of learning, all of those different things, that builds a core foundation of a relationship. And that teaching relationship builds trust and empathy and understanding and ultimately creates a much stronger foundation for people to learn from. Our brains are, are pretty amazing. And it's really fascinating to learn about some of the connections between therapeutic approaches and just the physiological brain and how those are intertwined with one another and, and what, uh, what the brain really needs in order to learn. And, and in order to be in a place of learning and growth and understanding, you have to have your emotions in control. We've got to eliminate some of that fight or flight or that fear response that comes from being punitive. And so as parents, one of the reasons that it's important to be one strength-based yourself, but also to be looking for team members to be strength-based as well. And that means the teams on um, on your teaching team. So your kids go to public school. Okay. Who, who are their teachers? Who are their administrators? That's your team. Um, you know, if they've got a clinician and they are going to therapy on a regular basis, or if they are in sports and interacting with a coach, any environment where you've got other adults or a village, a community that's helping teach your child values and teach your child new things, you want to make sure that they're coming from a strength-based approach because that's where your child is really going to learn some of that foundation and be able to build off of it for the rest of their life. So as we talked about strength-based, I wanted to talk about a couple of the ways that smarter parenting applies strength-based. Now we do this in all of our skills. If you've had the chance to explore our website, then you have seen that a lot of our skills start off with a praise or an empathy statement, something where you're getting your starting ground, you're building off of something, you know, you have done such a great job cleaning up this bathroom. We need to clean up this mirror a little bit better together, but everything else is looking great. So in that statement or that statement of feedback that I just gave, I used 
empathy. I used understanding. I used praise, these positive foundations, this strength, and then built off of that. You did a really great job. Here are the things that went well. We need to make this adjustment or we need to make this tweak or here's an area that we can grow and we can do it together and you're going to be even better for it. And so this kind of language is is much more uplifting and productive. You're also going to see in our videos um, that we break down and we explain some of the ways that you can really genuinely come off as empathetic. Now, it can be very easy to get caught up in using an empathy statement as just a placeholder. You know, I'm supposed to say this thing or I'm supposed to understand you, but the reality is I don't understand you. (laughs) And lots of times we interact with other people like that. And it isn't genuine and it isn't, um, you know, building that core relationship foundation that we talked about. And so it's not going to make a lot of traction. It's really just trying to check a box of, you know, I'm being empathetic with you. I get that you really want the red car, but we have to go to the store right now. So I don't really care about that. (laughs) And it's natural to feel that way as a parent, but being genuine in our empathy can make a really big difference in um, where we're going with our kids. So let's talk about a couple of different examples of empathy statements where they're not genuinely empathetic. (laughs) Um, So one good one is, uh, you're normally such a great brother, but today you will not stop hitting. So that's a well-intended statement, but it's not genuinely empathetic. So another example is, at least you're sitting at the table with us, but do you have to be on your phone? Now, this is one that I often hear um, between parents and teenagers, and I laugh at it a little bit because I love Brene Brown. I think she's phenomenal. If you haven't heard of her, please look her up. She's got some great, insightful um, work that is really uh, beneficial to our community. And so one of the things that she has said is that empathy never starts with at least. And so keep that in mind as you're talking and you're approaching your kids. If, If you're trying to use an empathy statement, that's great. But let's tweak it a little bit so that it's genuine empathy. And let's pause. A lot of times for me as a parent, I need to just pause for a second and find my empathy before I can start in. And so having that pause for myself, I can avoid some of the fluster or frustration that comes with trying to jump in and just react to the situation or the scenario. I may be frustrated with my children hitting one another, but uh, by starting off by saying you're normally a great brother, but today you're just hitting, that's not genuine empathy. So I might stop and intervene so that the hitting can stop, but then I'm going to pause for a second so that I can gather my bearings and understand and find some empathy so that then I can move forward into that correction of what should happen. So I'll stop the behavior, I'll intervene and have them separate, okay, take two feet away from each other. And now that they've got that space, they're no longer hitting, I can pause and for just a second, I can take a minute to consider, you know, where is my son coming from? Why is he hitting? Get some context for the situation, try to understand what's going on and be mentally engaged. Once I'm in that place of understanding where they're coming from, oh, okay, we've got a brand new toy set and clearly they both want to play with it then I can come from a much better place of empathy instead of saying, you're normally much better than this, which is not real empathy. And so I might use a statement like, I know that this red car is so important to you because you just got it for your birthday. Or I could say, having a little brother can be really hard because he wants to do everything that you're wanting to do. And sometimes you probably just want a little bit of space. Is that right? 
those statements are both genuine empathy statements of me understanding the scenario and what they're engaged in before just jumping in and saying that it's not important. It's just a car. Stop fighting. Stop hitting. Don't do this. So that as a parent is a much more strength-based approach by pausing and starting off with some empathy. We're building off of some strength and some understanding. You know, I really see where you're coming from. Let's try this. And And once that empathy and once that strength is laid down, that foundation that you're needing, then you're in a position for problem solving. The brain is ready and it is prepared to do some effective problem solving and not just quick snap solutions. So once you're both in that state and that mindset of, okay, here's the problem, we understand it. And I'm making his problems real to me. The red car, not important to me, (laughs) right? I don't genuinely care about the red car, but I do genuinely care about the fact that he cares about the red car. And so that's that foundation of empathy that I can gain with him. And then we both can take that and problem solve with it. So you really want some space. You don't want to be crowded. Okay, let's try separating where you guys are at. Could you play somewhere different? Or maybe it's just a matter of they both want the same exact toy. Okay, should we set a timer or can we play with it together? You know, what does this look like? And we can break down what does that really look like and how can we uh, approach it differently? So as a pair, we can come to a solution in a much more productive way than if I just jumped in and said, the car is not important. You two need to stop fighting. Hitting's not okay. Stop doing that. Stop doing this. Now with the phone example that I gave earlier, this is a frequent barrier for teenagers and their parents. Their parents start to get frustrated with how much time they spend on their phone. And let's break that down a little bit. So do your pause before you jump in and try to consider where they're coming from, what's important to them. Well, teenagers love to be connected. They're looking for groups. They're forming identities. This is actually a very developmentally normal thing for them to do and for them to want. So for them to want to be connected with their friends all the time, every single day, 24-7, it's actually pretty normal. And so trying to pause and understand where they're coming from and seeing that, you know, I really just want to have a family dinner. They just really want to spend time with their friends. It's frustrating that those two things are not cohesive, but I can come from a place of empathy and try to understand where they're coming from. So instead of my comment earlier of at least you're at the table, (laughs) um, I, I would adjust that and I would tweak it a little bit. So I know that your phone really helps you feel connected to your friends, but right now we're at the dinner table and I'm looking to feel connected to our family. What could, what could we do to be more connected to one another? And again, I've laid that foundation of empathy and then I'm focusing on my problem solving with them instead of coming from a place of negativity and asking or expecting them to make an immediate change. So I talked a minute ago about some of this being developmental, and that's an important factor to consider in here. As you are working on understanding the strengths of your children and the strengths of the scenarios and the different circumstances that are coming up, we're trying to understand strengths from every perspective. And so this strength-based foundation is going to allow us to do that in kind of a multifaceted form. So yes, we will focus on the strengths, that characteristics that our children already have, which are great. We're also going to take strengths from individual scenarios and circumstances. And that's why that empathy as you start those interactions with your kids is so important. But it's also why it's so important that you understand where they're at developmentally. So like I said before, it's natural for a teenager to want to feel connected with their friends. 
And so when I'm approaching a frustrating pattern of behavior, you know, maybe my child is always on their phone, or maybe my two-year-old is always throwing a tantrum, or maybe my eight-year-old is starting to lie and it's really frustrating. Pausing and considering how that behavior um, is formed developmentally and how that is benefiting them is really important. So if I've got a child that is lying, as a parent, I can pause and consider, you know, what are they gaining from that? What are the positive things from it? Well, they're learning how to navigate whose expectations are what, right? So they might not have done their chores, but they know that you expect them to do their chores. And so they are navigating, understanding who expects what of them. Their friends expect them to go out to play. Their parent expects them to do their chores. And when they can't do both at the same time, Lying is one way that they're using to understand and try to meet both of those expectations without actually meeting those expectations. And so developmentally, they're learning a lot of interpersonal skills in doing that. Now, is lying a good thing? No, not necessarily. But can I understand the strengths and what they're gaining from it and why it's developmentally appropriate? Yeah, absolutely. I can consider you know, the, the things that they're gaining socially from it, developmentally from it, whether that's immediate or long-term. So uh, let's look at another behavior. So a two-year-old that's really indecisive. I've seen a lot of social media posts lately of parents saying, you know, just just my toddler throwing herself on the ground because I gave her the blue cup that she asked for. <laughs> and and what's funny about this is that toddlers are inherently indecisive. <laughs> they are at this point of trying to gain all of this independence and all of this self-sufficiency um, and lots and lots of learning. They want to learn lots of skills, lots of tactile skills, lots of um, sometimes even interpersonal skills. But for the most part, they're wanting to learn you know, how to do their own zipper, how to buckle their own seatbelt, how to use their own spoon, all of those kinds of things that are, are really developmentally appropriate. But that behavior can be so frustrating when they want to decide, but they don't actually want to decide or they don't actually know how to decide. Now, when talking with parents, I talk to them a lot about how when we are parenting children, we want to be able to give them all the answers, but the reality is, is they have to experience all the answers. So with this toddler, what's developmentally appropriate is for them to start to learn how to make these decisions, how to do these tasks, but also understanding a little bit of the cause and effect. I was given the option between the blue cup and the orange cup. I asked for the blue cup. And then she didn't give me the orange cup. They are learning as logical as that seems to us. It's not logical to them. Their brain is developing and they are learning what that means. If I say I want the blue cup, then I'm handed the blue cup. And then maybe I change my mind or I have instant buyer's remorse and I want the orange cup. I always wanted the orange cup. Why didn't she give me that in the first place? There is a lot of confusion as they're starting to learn and understand the basics and the foundations of logic. And so these interactions between us and our toddler are naturally frustrating because they don't make sense to us because we've already built that understanding of logic. I asked her which cup she wanted. She said she wanted the blue cup. So why is she frustrated that I gave her the blue cup? It doesn't make sense to us. And, you know, it's not supposed to. Their brains are incredibly different from ours. We have, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus years of growth on them. And so that two-year-old, we need to have some empathy for where they're coming from and what they're trying to learn. So getting a, a fair understanding of, you know, 
what can I expect of my child? And, and how does this benefit them, right? Them learning this logic through trial and error is so important for them. It's really healthy for them. And it might come with a tantrum, but that's okay because they're still learning. And I can expect that tantrum to a degree. So as you're considering strength-based, we've talked about things that you can do immediately in your interactions. And with any of our interactions in Smarter Parenting, we start with that praise and empathy. And so finding those comments and those genuine points of empathy. We've also talked about understanding developmentally where your child is coming from and kind of where they're at. Now, long-term, a lot of parents can start to hit a wall or feel frustrated. And the hard thing about parenting is it's, it's not necessarily a job that you can step away from or disconnect from. It is a lifestyle. It is a part of your life, your home, your being, and you don't get a lot of space or breaks from it. So for a lot of parents, it's very easy for us to start to feel like we're in the darkest depth of the sea and that there's no way out. And these tantrums or these repetitive behaviors or patterns uh, can feel really frustrating because it feels like we're never going to get out of it. But in reality, it might just be a couple weeks period of time. So when I say this, let's consider the two-year-old that we were just talking about. That inability to make a logical decision, it just takes some time. Gradually, they're going to learn through the patterns of their behaviors and through asking for a certain thing and then receiving that same thing. They're going to learn and start to grasp together those foundational concepts of logic. And, and once they do grasp that, they're going to move beyond that developmental behavior. My child might be talking back or rolling their eyes a ton. And for me as a parent, that might feel like just the most disrespectful and frustrating thing that we're never going to get through. But the reality is, is they've only been doing it for a few weeks and there's still an opportunity for me to correct or redirect that behavior. And so when you go through and you're correcting a behavior, it's going to take some time as well. And it might feel like no change is coming from it. Yes, I'm being empathetic with my child. I'm explaining to them what I'm seeing them do and what I'd like them to do instead, but really no change is happening. As we break down those scenarios with parents, a lot of things are happening. One of the things happening is that if a parent is being very consistent with how they're approaching and managing a behavior, then oftentimes there really hasn't been that much time at all. And there might've only been a couple of days, but it feels like a lifetime because this is your world. It's, it's what you live with. There's no stepping away from it. And so it can feel like you're not making it through, but give it a little bit of time. And within a week or two weeks or sometimes three weeks, there's some significant change that happens there through consistent um, interactions with your child. And that change feels much better and like a much shorter thing once you're on the outside looking in. But when you're in the depths of it, it feels heavy and it feels hard. And that's normal. So one of the ways that you can be strength-based from a long-term perspective is to step back and to look at the patterns, how long things are actually lasting, and what you're wanting in the long run for your children. When I have a parent that says, I want my child to learn, you know, to have integrity and to have a strong work ethic. And here are some of the big picture things that I'm wanting. Then we can talk a little bit more about how their child might do that most of the time, but not every single time. And that's normal because they're human. And we can start to break down and understand and have more 
awareness and empathy for the times that their child does slip up. Okay. A child that has integrity doesn't necessarily mean that they never, ever tell a lie. And they're still learning and they're still growing. An adult that has integrity doesn't necessarily mean that they never, ever tell a lie. And so as we work on understanding, you know, these absolutes with characteristics and understanding, you know, that there's human error and that there's some space for that and that your child making a mistake does not mean that they don't contain that characteristic. This falls back into that strength-based perspective, because when you step back and you start reflecting on those things and looking at them for the big picture, you start realizing, yeah, my child's told a few lies. That's developmentally normal. They're learning and they're exploring. And overall, they're a very honest kid. That is much more healthy and strength-based for you to build off as a parent. So leaving today's episode, we want you to consider those couple of things. We want you to look at that long-term. We want you to look at those developmental stages. But most importantly, we want you to build up from the starting block. And we want you to use praise and empathy statements in all of your interactions with your child. Head on over to our website, smarterparenting.com, and explore some of the skills that we teach. Correcting behaviors, for example. When you start off with correcting a behavior, you start off with a praise or empathy statement. And that is critical to that being a successful interaction. Consider your empathy and how genuine it is and get started with that correction so that you feel like you're coming from a strength-based perspective and your child feels like you're coming from a strength-based perspective and you'll be much more successful for it. If you are a parent that's building up your team of resources and community that's working with your child and helping teach them these values, then consider a strength-based approach as you hunt for a therapist or you work with your IEP team or you are seeking a church community, or those kinds of things um, to build up your child's village in a positive way. If you have any questions or comments that you'd love to share with us, we love to hear them. And you can find us on Instagram at Smarter Parenting. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>